Well, very interestingly enough, and this, this was probably intentional on the part of the church, is all our readings today have to do in some way with money. And we see the famous saying that it's kind of become a proverb in just general, the English language in general, that the, that evil, that money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. So we see here this text from St. Paul. It comes from that. Uh, although I'm going to modify it a little bit because it does, it's not really accurate to what Paul actually said. And then you've got our responsorial psalm that talks about riches and poor and being poor in spirit. And then you've got this, this neat passage from the gospel. Very, it's very short and it shows how, uh, the apostles, the twelve apostles in Christ were accompanied by these women who probably were relatively wealthy women. Um, maybe they were widows and uh, they were possibly responsible. They had gotten from their from their husband a sizable amount of property and they had they had money at their disposal. So that it was out of out of those resources that they supported the apostles. And uh, but let's go back to that first reading. Is is money the root of all evil? So, you know, you look at the text. It actually, says now the love of money is the root of many evils. Root of many evils, and probably um, many sorts of evil, like a lot of different kinds of evil, like all sorts of evil can come uh, can come about in your life if you love money, love in an unhealthy fashion. Okay. So that's the that's the more accurate understanding of what St. Paul is saying. Money itself is not bad. Just a few things to reflect upon. Um, you know, um, oftentimes people will say, I can't stand going to church because all they talk about is money, blah, 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 blah. You know? And I, I have to say, I think it's probably the least generous uh, people who complain about that. The people who are generous, they have a little bit more... Um, Realistic view, and they can they can see that no, the priest doesn't always talk about money, but obviously it's got to be talked about sometime. And when he talks about it, we respond and we give, and it's fine. So there's no real problem with it. But the but the people who are not giving anything or much at all will be the ones that I can't stand going to church because all they talk about is money, and it becomes a kind of a you know a little bit of an excuse I think um, not to give and not to go to church. Uh, once had a, a 16-year-old kid say to me, or 17-year-old kid say to me, I don't like going to church. Church is, is bad because I firmly believe, I'm very, very convicted that they should not pass around that basket. And, uh, you know, it's probably something I would have said when I was 16 or 17, okay? So I'm not picking on this guy, but it shows you a very immature perspective. It's like, okay, so... You live in your parents' house and don't pay any bills. You don't. Uh, you go to school and there's light and food, you know, energy. All that stuff is given to you. You don't pay anything. So when you live in that kind of, uh, you know, blanketed shelter, you can, uh, you have the, you have the privilege of, you know, not worrying about money. But when you actually gotta keep a church open, um, you gotta think about money. In St. Paul's day. What, what is he dealing with? It's very interesting. He's dealing with these false teachers who are uh, preaching and uh, they're using their message as a means of gain. And that, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because if you think about it, if we can bring ourselves back historically to the first century, uh, they didn't have church buildings that they had to keep open. It was a patron, a very, very generous, uh, usually a very wealthy and a very generous private member of the church 
opened up his house and his property for the uh, Eucharist to take place. And uh, so there wasn't this thing where, you know, we've got to put money in the basket to keep the lights on and the, you know, the pay for the church and whatnot. Um, now that, but you can imagine though, what happens when, you know, if you can think about this, this is pretty, pretty interesting dynamic, right? Don't you think the person who, who owns that property and provides all of that for the church could start to think of himself as, you know, he's kind of owed a lot by the, by the apostles, by the preachers, by the evangelists, by everybody who comes and gathers in his house, right? I mean, you think that's a huge temptation that the person's going to deal with. So it would require an immense level of maturity and really holiness on the part of the patron to be able to not, not have that kind of, those sort of dysfunctions take place in the community. Uh, and as time goes on and as Christianity was recognized as a legitimate um, religion that could be uh, recognized by the state and, and protected by the state, um, then uh, it became a, a legal entity. The church could become a legal entity within the within the state and then property could be owed, owned by the church and then you start to have the convention that we have today. So that would have happened around Constantine's time. You know, so for the past probably 1,700 years or so, we've had kind of church property um, and that avoids having church property avoids a lot of the the problems that the patronage system would have fallen into Uh, and so it's a good thing Uh, at the same time though it's a little bit of a you know I don't know I guess it's maybe a little bit of a sad too because we're really at a state where we don't have someone who would be kind of holy enough to actually be a patron of the church and not think that the church owes them something, that everybody owes them something. So it's a, it's a sign of kind of cooled um, religious fervor, I think, as well, that we have to have a system of churches. And then you have people who sometimes they go to church for years and they don't give anything. Like in principle, they don't, they don't think that they should give anything, you know. Um, so then, you know, it, it kind of opens it up to this this very strange sense of entitlement and you know that kind of that kind of mindset though is another manifestation of the love of money the, the unhealthy love of money um, and in contrast to that you have these these women these wealthy women who follow Jesus and the apostles around and they provided them completely out of their own resources and they didn't have any sense of entitlement or think hey you owe me something um, so we have the negative and the positive example here uh, of of people who are falling into this trap of the love of money, and then those who, in, in contrast, are are generous. So, my brothers and sisters, just a moment to kind of reflect on how uh, generosity is is very very important, and it flows forth from a heart that loves God. It loves God, and I am very happy. To, to say and to see that in, in our parish there are so many people who really are generous and do love God and they give a lot of their time and their talent uh, and their treasure and uh, it's, a, it's a great thing to be able to see that it's very edifying for me um, and uh, so I thank you all and um, let's, let's pray for you know a healthy approach to money that we want to complain about it when father's got to talk about it and we would be a financially viable parish we really need to pray that we would be a financially viable parish uh, and that um, 
we would have that generosity, continue to have that generosity uh, with our time, our talent, and our treasure.